I'm excited to introduce you guys to our guest speaker uh, speakers this morning. We actually have two, Alex and Jose Castro, and their son Levi. He's downstairs. I think my daughters are uh, playing with him, which is great, and they're having a good time. And uh, Alex and Jose, they are missionaries in the States in, uh, with Incalink, which is a, a Latin American ministry and mission uh, organization. And it's such a blessing to have them here this morning. Now, um, Alex is also a former student of mine, so a bit of a theme this morning. Um, but I'm just so proud of the woman of God she's become. And so a little journey with Alex, a little bit of history here. I actually had the privilege of leading Alex to the Lord when she was in high school in Niagara Falls, I believe, at a youth conference. Very powerful night. She literally wanted to be baptized, like, right on the spot, right there. And I said, let's, you know, bring that and uh, have that be part of your family's experience. But shortly after, I had the joy of baptizing her. She got involved in youth ministry for many years with our students. And then as a young adult, I invited her to come on our very first missions trip to Peru in 2013. For a couple of reasons. One, she was a fantastic leader. And secondly, uh, I do not speak Spanish. Even after all these times, my Spanish is horrible, and she'll tell you that. And so it was great to have her join us on our team to help with the translation. But uh, it was on that trip that her heart grew for ministry and for missions even more. And it also grew for a specific person, uh, her future husband, uh, Jose. And I actually had the privilege of marrying those two uh, back in November of 2018. And so I'm going to invite you guys to join me up at the front here. And they're going to share a little bit of their heart with you and how God has continued to use them in Latin America as they've served uh, kids and served students. So why don't you uh, welcome them this morning with me. Okay, thanks guys. Switch. Sorry. I was pushing the button. It's a switch. Sorry. Um, Good morning, church. So as Dan mentioned, my name is Alex. This is Jose. I was born and raised here in Canada, as you can tell by my accent, or lack thereof, hopefully. Um, And my husband was born in Peru, which is the country where we serve. Um, He's been uh, working in the ministry that we uh, helped to run together now for just over a decade. And what it is, is it's basically an outdoor discipleship ministry. So just to, to position you guys, I've got a map of, hopefully you'll recognize, both North and South America. Um, we're here in the North right now, and we serve down in South America. Peru is the country that's in red, so we're off on the coast. Um, and specifically in Peru, uh, we live in a remote city, 10-hour um, bus ride to the North, so to, to get there you have to land in the capital. Um, I mean, unless you're driving down from here, that's about a month and a half of driving. Just head south, you won't miss it. Um, So once you land in the capital, you have to jump onto a bus, 10 hours to the north, and we're right in the coastal desert in a city called Trujillo. Um, If we move forward to the next slide. Um, There in Trujillo, we work with the outskirts of the city. Um, Lots of people are constantly looking from the mountain region and the jungle region to come out to the coast because that is the center of opportunity. Uh, But because of that, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of brokenness, and there's a lot of uh, um, criminal activity um, and destruction. And so the community where we work in, uh, when it was first scouted out as a possibility to serve there. Uh, The initial missionaries uh, were told anywhere but there in Peru, anywhere but there. 
that is the place where you have to almost bribe a taxi driver to take you there because they're not willing um, to take you to those limits. Uh, either that or find someone who has no clue where it is and direct them and you're kind of just tricking them into getting you there. Um, because that region was very dangerous. Um, there was no guarantee that if you entered that uh, borough or that community that you would be coming out. Um, and that was exactly where God needed to spread his love. And that's where he needed people to be willing to step in and to serve and to open their hearts. So I'm so thankful for those initial missionaries and people from the church who were able to go and start this uh, ministry. And um, shortly afterwards was when my husband began to volunteer with them. And the Lord placed a, um, a calling on his life to see specifically at that time. It was the young men who were... Uh, well, I say young men, but they're, you know, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds who were wandering the streets, had nothing better to do, and would almost always end up uh, in gangs or being pulled into extortion bands or uh, different kinds of activity that was no good and would just set their direction uh, for the rest of their life, unfortunately. And so that's where uh, he went and Someone donated an old used snowboard, of all things, to a desert coastal region. Um, and he said, well, God, this is all we got, and I got no clue how to use it, but I know you can figure out a way to do something here. And so they grabbed that sandboard, and he convinced some kids that he knew what he was doing, and they trekked up a mountain, and when they were good and tired from the trek, he sat them down and he said, before we start to figure out how to do sandboarding, because you can't really call it snowboarding when there's no snow, um, he goes, I want to share something with you guys. And he would open the Bible and he would just dive into God's word because he knew that if there was anything that was going to transform that community and those lives, it was going to be God. And that was the only thing. So that's what he did. That's what he continues to do. That's what we continue to do now as a married couple. Um, our son joins along. We've got one more on the way. So please pray for them as they're entering the mission field at a young age. Um, and we're really thankful to see how the ministry has expanded. So we don't just sandboard. Um, we do literally everything with the excuse of spreading the gospel. So um, soccer, floorball, uh, we'll do dodgeball, we'll do any sport. Um, any Latino will love to do any sport possible. Um, and then since I've joined on, we've been able to expand a little bit more doing crafts and cooking and um, Choreography, I don't need that one. I'm not very coordinated. Um, but we've been able to expand, and we'll, we'll be willing to do almost anything um, in order to get an opportunity to share the love of Christ with these people. And so if you can continue to pray with us, we'll also, just to plug it in there, we'll be uh, available after the service if you'd like to continue to chat or um, continue to follow up with us. But I'm just going to pray for my husband, who's going to be sharing the word that the Lord has really placed on his heart today to share with you guys. Um, and I just, yeah, I hope that that is a blessing to all of you. So if you'll join me. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we have the blessing and the privilege to come together publicly and openly to worship you, Lord. Because that's something that not all of our brothers and sisters have the freedom to do in this world. And so we want to thank you, first of all, for that, Lord. I pray that you will be with Jose. I pray that you will be with his words, with his direction, Lord, um, that everything can come out clearly. But above all, Lord, I pray that it's your message that gets shared here, Lord. Just like we sang just moments ago, Lord, use him as your vessel. He is, his, he is an offering completely and openly for you, Lord. And I just pray that you will speak through that, Lord, that whatever we had planned, do what you want with it, Lord. But may your message be shared today, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.
Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Jose. Uh, you can tell that I'm not from here. <laughs> uh, I'm really happy to be here, and thanks, Jan, for the invitation. And this is not the first time that I'm with a Canadian church, but I feel welcome because I think we are all part of the same family. And more in a special day like this, we get our together as a, to celebrate uh, God's name, to uh, have this special time where we can honor God in every, every way as possible, with worship, uh, with his word, with everything. And we also uh, have a great time with the fellowship. So the title that I wanted to share today, it's called Let's Celebrate. Uh, as my wife said, I'm from Peru. I'm, I come from a country that we like to celebrate a lot. And I'm not exaggerating this, like we celebrate a lot. We celebrate when our soccer team wins. We celebrate when our soccer team loses. We celebrate uh, everything. I'm not kidding. We, we even have a holiday for the potato day, the national potato day, because we have a lot of potatoes. We have even our national day for the uh, roasted chicken that is very delicious. We have a holiday for the seafood. So uh, most of Peruvian people have a holiday for everything, even non-religious people joined to celebration with uh, spiritual people. So celebration is very natural part from my country, and it's funny how the world looks for excuses to celebrate. And I'm not comparing this to uh, Christian life, but celebration is part natural of also uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. So today, we are together to celebrate God's name. And that's something that I want to share with you today. Uh, Particularly, the story that I choose today is about the lost coin. That is this woman looking for a coin in her house. And I'm going to read the, the verses in a few uh, moments. But I, I want to point this that is very particular when I was preparing this uh, sermon today. I think Jesus was very wise to choose a woman in this story. I don't know if this happened to you. If you are married, you can tell that when you're looking for your wallet, when you're looking for your keys, who are the person that you ask for help in your house? Your wife, right? And you don't need to be married to realize this. Like, if you are young in your house and you're looking for something that you have lost, you're looking for your, for your mom, right? I don't think that it only happens in Peru. I think it happens everywhere. So I think that uh, Jesus was very, very wise to choose a woman in this story because they have a particular gift to find things that are lost. And I, want, I invite you to open your Bibles in Luke 15, and we are going to read from verse 8 to 10 with me. The Word of God says, uh, Or what a woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and, ser and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So, uh, particularly when you read the Bible, and more in the New, in the New Testament, you find uh, stories or verses where Jesus is speaking right to you. Things that need to be changed in your life, things that you need help from God. But also, uh, you find... Uh, in a few verses where the Bible speaks about God himself, his character, his being, and those are parts of the scripture that we need to take 
care a little bit more. Not because it's most important, because it's a different way that God speaks to our lives. And today, I, before I continue, I want to invite you to do two things with me. The first one, I want to invite you to consider God the main character of this story. I know that the parable talks about a woman, but I want you to stop for a, a moment and realize that probably God is the main character. So the two parables in Luke that are related to this one is the parable of the lost sheep and also the parable of the prodigal son. Particularly, you won't find, for example, in the parable of the lost sheep, that is the shepherd looking for the lost sheep. And also in the parable of the prodigal son is the encounter between the father and the son who was lost. So in this story, I want you to, to invite you to consider God the main character in this uh, story so we will know a little bit more of his being. And the second one that I want to, this a little bit, uh, what's the word, weird or different? We're going to read this uh, pas passage uh, backwards from the end to the beginning. It's not because it's the Peruvian style, it's just uh, I want you to, probably at the end we will, you will understand uh, why I'm doing this way. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions before I continue, uh, but I want you to take a pause a few seconds and try to answer yourself this uh, particular question. So the first question that I want to ask you is this, when do you think that God is happy? When do you think that God is joyful? Trying to think about it. When do you think that God, his heart is happy or joyful? Probably you have been in, uh, in faith for a long time. You can imagine when, when we pray, when we sing worship, when we read the Bible, when we do good things, when we love our neighbors. And, and those are really good and natural things that a Christian should be doing. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper, and I'm going to ask you a next question. What do you think it feels like to be around God when his heart is filled with joy? What do you think that happens in the life of someone who is enjoying God's presence, God's joys? How this person looks like, how this situation looks like? Try to imagine. It is natural or it's just a random thing or how this needs to be, how this looks like when a person is enjoying, uh, sorry, God's joy. How this has to look like. Probably going to be a little bit deeper. I'm going to ask you the third question is, when was the last time that you felt the joy of the Lord in your life? When was the last time that you experienced that joy that, uh, I was reading this morning the, the sound that you have in the banner. It says, you will make no to the path of light in your presence is fullness of joy. So if, to, if we can recognize that to, uh, when we are together, God's presence is here, we should be experiencing his joy too. When was the last time that you experienced that joy in your life? Uh, I, I, was, I was saying we are going to read this uh, story backwards. So I'm going to read again the last uh, two verses from this uh, parable. And probably we will continue a little bit more what God is speaking to us today. So the verse uh, 9 and 10 says, And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin 
which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over the sinner who repents. You know, uh, the joy uh, that is speaking in these uh, particular verses, it's something that every Christian should desire. I don't know if, uh, how you came today, this morning, to the church, but this moment is a special moment because we are together uh, to honor God, to, li- to lift his name up, because he is worthy of glory and worship too. Uh, so celebration is part of natural also, f- not only from the world, but also from God's people. You can, uh, when you read the Old Testament, you can find, for example, that the Jews used to have many ceremonial ceremony, ceremonies and they used to worship God and they have this joy. But also you can find it in Psalms like the one that you have in the banner, and you read all the Psalms that are in the Old Testament, you can realize that this joy is part natural of, of God's uh, being. And also, even the prophets were told to rejoice too. But specifically in these uh, last two verses, Jesus is telling us that it's a specific situation, and it's not about a ceremony. It's actually uh, when a sinner repents. When was the last time that you heard the testimony of someone in your life? Like you were present in a meeting, probably someone shared a, this, his personal testimony, or just a new believer just came to Christ, he was sharing his testimony. I don't know you, but uh, the last time that I uh, listened a testimony of someone who came to Christ, like there was something burning in my heart, like with this happiness and joy that I couldn't explain, but I knew that this just comes from God. For other people, probably doesn't mean anything. But as people of God, this is, has a powerful meaning. And this is interesting in this uh, passage because this celebration doesn't, ha- doesn't happen in, in private or with a random people. It's actually, the, if we read the, the verses, is the woman who... Uh, prepare like this gathering, this celebration with people that she has a relationship. So uh, I want to tell you this uh, statement is that God celebrates salvation in community. Many pastors and theologians, they relate the woman in this story with the church. Uh, you know, as the body of Christ, we have the responsibility to share the gospel with uh, other people. But as I told you at the beginning, I want you to think uh, that is God, the main character. So if you imagine God preparing everything, all the necessary things for this celebration, you will realize that this has a special meaning because uh, there is not only uh, a woman or random person who is preparing something special for her. This is actually God preparing a celebration for not only for him, he invites the ones who have a relationship with him. That is his people, his church. So we are called to celebrate this with him because it's special for him. And when we celebrate this, we do do this with joy. So somehow we have part in this celebration. That's why I'm asking you uh, a few questions. Not because I want to be interrogating you. It's because I want you to remember when was the last time that you experienced this joy? This is the first time I'm speaking to you, so I don't know your story or your background when you came to Christ, but probably you experienced this in part of your life 
When was the last time? Sometimes we used to think that this situation only happens once or twice, but we are called to rejoice in this every day. Not only when it happens to you, but also when it happens in community. So uh, this is the part that I love in, uh, to do missions with my wife because we, through the years that I've been serving in Peru, we have seen many children who want to know more about God. So a lot of young people who want to have a relationship with him. So we live in celebration and celebration in the ministry. And it's not my Peruvian side that are looking for excuses to celebrate. It's actually something that as people, as people from God, we want to seek, we want to uh, receive and share this joy that God celebrates salvation in community. Uh, I want to continue this uh, with the last part of the of the text, well, sorry, the first part of the text, that is, that's why I make it backwards. So we're going to read uh, verse 8 again, and says, the Bible, the Word of God says, Or what a woman, if she has ten silver coins, and loses one coin, does not light a lamp, and sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. So at the beginning, I was telling you uh, how my wife is the one who helps me to find things that I lose in the house, my keys, my wallet, but I don't know what happens to you. Sometimes I'm looking for something. I go to the bedroom, and I'm inside the bedroom, and I just forgot what I was looking for. Does it happen to you? I don't think I'm the only one. You're, or even you, you, uh, you're dressing yourself for, for the next day, and you find money in your pockets that you just forgot that you had there. So last uh, Father's Day, even my wife uh, gave me a, a USB Probably doesn't have any meaning for you, but in Spanish, we call the USB memory. So she was telling me that you need to work in your memory because you are forgetting many things in your life. <laughs> so back to the text, we're going to find specific, three specific things that uh, the woman does in this story. But remember, I asked you to uh, connect uh, as God as the main character. Three specific things that we can find. Before all the celebration, before all the fellowship and community that uh, God makes to celebrate uh, salvation, there are three things that need to happen. The first thing that happens is the, the lamp was lit. The second is the house was swept. And the third one is she did not stop. And I want to make a pause here because uh, this is where it gets harder. And personally, when I was preparing this, I was confronted by God with my life first. Because we know that it's God, the one who is looking, that is seeking for this coin. And that gives me a reverence, fear from him. Because that makes me understand his being, his desire that he has for the lost, for the lost people. So the first thing uh, the Bible says is that the lamp was uh, lit. It's impossible for you to go in a dark room and look for something because you don't know which duration you are looking for. And so the, the first thing is that the lamp was lit represent the preparation to look for whatever you have lost. But specifically, uh, this woman says uh, that she, uh, she has lied to make more visible where the things are. And in, according to the Bible, you will find that what gives us direction to understand God's will and to connect 
with his heart is his word. I'm pretty sure if you open your Bible, you will understand what God heart, not only for you, but also for the people who are lost. So I have to ask you this, uh, with all respect, is uh, how are you preparing today in God's war? What are you doing with all the preparation? Are you allowing God's word to be light so you can understand the necessity around you? Or who, how are you connecting God's word or his teaching not only for your own understanding, but also to grow for the purpose and desperate need to reach and find those ones who are lost. I'm really happy that you can pray, that you can read your Bible, do your devotional, to be here every Sunday or do a Bible study. But is that only for you or is moving you to go and seek the ones who are lost? And this preparation doesn't uh, stay there. It's actually produced a fruit. The second thing that we will find is that the house was swept. And this is, for me, one of the more challenging, challenging uh, in my heart. Because you can imagine a woman cleaning the house. But if you consider that is God the one who is cleaning the house, you will realize that it goes a little bit deeper. That it means that God is going to remove everything with the only purpose that he can found the ones who are lost. And I'm going to tell you this with all love possible to you, my brothers and sister. The Bible says that the woman starts with her own house. And probably it's God who is going to do the same. I don't know you, but there is a chance that there is someone who is sitting here and could feel lost too have any doubts, problems, hard situations in your life. And this person needs to be found in the house of the Lord. So how we can realize that, how we can bring that joy so this person could be part of what we celebrate every Sunday. And there are so many people outside also looking for this opportunity to celebrate with us together, enjoy, understand God's salvation the payment that God was, allowed, was able to do for our sin, that is to give his own son to die on the cross for us. And the third one, the third thing that this woman does, uh, according to the story, is she didn't stop. And that gave me hope, but also challenged me, because uh, just to understand that God will never stop looking for people. I live with my, uh, when we stayed in Canada with my wife, we stayed at her parents' house and also her grandparents, who are 91 and 92, live in the same, we live in the same house together. And it's funny just to have breakfast with them and they tell us, I'm 92 years old and I don't know what God's continue giving me life. <laughs> and it's just funny because they don't complain about this. They think it is just funny to have another day of living. But that's, gives me joy because it means that God still has a purpose for you. If you're young, if you're old, it doesn't matter. Like, we're still waiting for him. And Jesus didn't return yet. It means that there is still work to be done. And he will never stop. Because for him, those who are lost are precious in his eyes. 
And just to uh, have the desire to have God's eyes to people, that is something that we are called to do. So it's also the story of, of old, uh, redemption. From Genesis to Revelation, you will see that God never stopped looking for the ones who were lost. And that's part of uh, these three things for this big celebration that we are called to enjoy as people of God. I want you to tell you part of my testimony. I came to Christ when I was 18. Uh, I'm 34 now, and I've been doing math 16 years uh, that I'm uh, enjoying the, his, his presence in my life. So when I was 18, I was totally in a different path. I was living in the flesh. There was nothing to satisfy my life. I was completely lost. And one day, a friend gave me this address and an invitation. I thought that it was for a concert, actually. And I was okay, I, 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 I want to go to this concert. And that Saturday evening, 6 p.m., I'm standing, look, I'm in the street looking for this address, and I just stand in this huge uh, white building. And I see the big sign that says, uh, America Sur Alliance Church. And I was asking myself, this is the least place that I want to be. I, I'm not the kind of person who goes to church. So I decided to leave. And I did. I took the next street. And I was leaving to the house. But as soon as I just turned to the street, I saw two people coming to me. Somehow I have the impression that they wanted to do something to me. So I was just got scared, just turned, started running to look for a, any place that is open. And the only place that was open, somehow it was just the church. <laughs> so I just ran to the church. I was uh, so scared. And the person in the, in, in, in the front says, hey, welcome. Uh, we have just a, a celebration. Just come join us. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I get into this, uh, this building. And what happened to me was something that I still remember today. Every, and I probably remember this every day of my life. For the first time in my life, I see a group of people enjoying something that I didn't have to, something that I never saw in my life. Never before. Never imagined how people from my, my age at that time, 18, were so more than happy. Because they were singing worship, and I didn't even remember the name of the song. But they were singing and having a great time. And I tried to understand why? Why they're having something that I don't understand, but I want it. And not only did I want it, I need it. And that was the first time that I, I don't know how this place works. I don't know any people in this building, but I want what they are enjoying. That was me when I was 18 years old. That's how I came to Christ. And after so many years, that's why I commit my life with my wife to let others enjoy the same, the same presence. And it's so precious because at that time, I was just asking God, I waste 18 years of my life, but I don't want any other people wasting their lives without this. That's why I gave up to everything and I commit my life. God, I want other people see what I saw when I was 18. And that's something I remember 
every day of my life. And I want my son also to enjoy the same. There is people who is outside missing this celebration. I see the empty chairs here and I'm just imagining children, parents uh, sitting there with us. But God called us to celebrate this and to invite others or let others be part of this. And I know that this is only my story, but he wants uh, everyone's story to be part of this. Uh, just, and before I finish, I just want to, to give you three advices that I, pre- I was thinking, what, what should I say to, to them? But I was start praying that God just use my life, and if there is something I have to say, please let me say it. And there are three things that I want to, to consider after I leave or, or my wife. We don't know if we are going to be back or whatever, but I want you to tell you three, three things. The first one is celebrate together. What you are enjoying today, it's a blessing. We live in, in Peru, and we have a ministry with children. The children don't have the chance to go to a church because there is no closest church to them. So the closest picture for them of the church is the twice-a-week meeting where we pray and we have a great time speaking uh, and we speak about Jesus. That's the only thing that I have as a church. But I want you to consider that every Sunday you are here together, enjoy it. Probably you have problems, hard times, things happening in the house, you just fight with your wife in the car driving here. Put it to the side and enjoy this. Because this is a gift, and God wants you to have a great time. Your brother and your sister, God did something at some point in your life. And I'm so grateful that you are with me together in this. I don't know you, but I know we are part of the same family. So we are called to celebrate salvation together. And you, are, uh, you have taken Jesus in your heart as your Savior, you are my brother, you are my sister, and we are in, I am really happy to be here. The second thing that I want to tell you, uh, it's uh, a pur- purposeful growth. Uh, whatever you are doing in the name of God, praying, singing, uh, serving in the, church, the kids' ministry, serving with the camp, it, it has to be done to, to give fruit. Don't just do it by, for yourself. If you are understanding God's heart for you, you should understand that it cannot be disconnected for God's heart for other people too. I was asking my wife the other day, why Jesus take all the line to things, to love God, but also to love your neighbor? Because sometimes we used to forget things and we think that only our spiritual growth is just for us. But at some point, God is going to touch your life to love others too. And something needs to happen. So this purposeful growth, don't only think about yourself. That is good that you grow in spirit, in your faith, but also needs to be connected with God's desire for salvation in others. And the third thing that I want to tell you is obviously get involved somehow in the kingdom. Because there are still people who are lost today, and they want to be part of this celebration. We know that our Savior hasn't come yet, so it means that there is work that needs to be done. And before I finish, I want to invite the worship group to join with me. Uh, 
I came today and I was reading the banner here. And sorry, Dan, but I'm going to give a little spoiler here. We are going to be in the last encounter with our God. It's going to be a huge celebration. So celebrate this supernatural of our family in Christ. Uh, so celebrate today. Don't waste your time letting the world or situations to take away that joy. We are called to celebrate. And that will be also our last moment with our Savior. We're celebrating Him, that He has returned as a king. So I'm not telling you this as a Peruvian looking for excuses to celebrate. I'm telling you this as a brother in Christ. Uh, celebrate today. Don't waste the opportunity that you have today to celebrate. And we, when you celebrate, you will recognize the joy of the Lord, that, that nothing in this world will, can give to you or replace to you this to you, but it's only something that gas can do for your life. Thank you so much for your attention today.